Well, good morning and welcome to Lee Road Baptist Church, whether you are regulars amongst us or visitors uh, here especially for Sophie's dedication a little later on. We hope that you feel especially welcome amongst us and it's a real delight. Oh man, she's looking gorgeous already. Keep smiling, no crying, especially when you're in my arms later (laughs) on. We'll see how we get on. It's wonderful that you can all be here. This is Andrew. How are you doing? I'm all right. So we're the ministers of the church here, and there's not only you here in the building, but there's a number of people online watching this service live. So if you're at home or wherever you are this morning online, it's good to have you with us as well. We do have a handful, but my computer looks like it's crashed. So I can see David Allen, Denise, and a crazy cello lady, and Graham, and probably a number of others, but I'll reset that and say hello to you all a little bit uh, later on. We're going to continue our series in Daniel a little bit later, is that right? It is, but I'm not setting a question. So normally I set a question and ask people to engage with it. We're not going to do that today. I'm going to ask you to listen carefully to what I'm going to say later on, and then perhaps you'd like to ask us a question, and we'll see where that goes, Steve. Okay. There's your challenge there. If you're watching online, you can set your questions uh, to Andrew for after the service, not to me. He's going to take responsibility for all of that, and I'll just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had a number of questions last time I heard this, but I appreciate things are different in our 10.30 service today. Uh, I'm going to start by um, reading a passage from uh, Exodus, and then we're going to have a time of singing. Some of the songs might be familiar to you. Others of you uh, may perhaps not know the songs, but feel free to stand and either just stand and listen or join in if you're able to, uh, whichever uh, suits you best. So then these words from Exodus 15. It says, Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory? Lord, you bring light, hope, and joy, and we bring our heart, our soul, our mind, and our body, and we share our blessings and our fears. We bring our faith and our doubt with all that we are and all that we have, Lord. We come this morning to worship you. Amen. Amen. Psalm 108, verses 3 to 6 says, I'm thanking you, God, out in the streets, singing your praises in town and country. The deeper your love, the higher it goes. Every cloud's a flag to your faithfulness. Soar high in the skies, O God. Cover the whole earth with your glory. And for the sake of the one you love so much, reach down and help me. Answer me. Let us pray. Thank you, Father God, that you love each of us. Even me. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us so that you lived on earth and died to pay for the wrong things we do and amazingly came back to life. And thank you, Holy Spirit, you live with us in good and bad and even ugly times. Thank you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, that you model family for us. We thank you, Father, for family in all its aspects, for all generations, young, old and all those in between. Those waiting to be born, babies, children, teens, young adults, men, women, middle-aged, and we honour our dear older friends. Mums, dads, stepmums and stepdads, partners, boyfriends, girlfriends, engaged, singles, married, brothers, sisters, stepbrothers, stepsisters, cousins, uncles, aunties, 
granddads and grandma, great granddads and great grandmas, and great greats, and all those who count as part of our family. We pray for those who are happy and for those who are sad, for those who feel part of a family and for those who feel isolated. We pray for all those who would love to have a family, for new families, for families lost or broken, for families displaced. May all know that they are loved by you and by us. We thank you, Father God, for the church family at Lero Baptist Church, for all the support for all ages, many different small groups, children, youth work, groups for all ages and stages of life. Remember our preschool, the staff, the children, and especially today, our preschool manager, Lisa. Please bless her and her husband, Jake, and LJ, Archie, and Sophie, and all her family and friends. We pray that you would bless them all today. We also pray for those who are finding life difficult at the moment, for those confused, alone, angry, desperate, or anxious. And maybe you're one of those people as well. Spend a moment now thinking of those who need to know God's love and maybe expressing your thoughts about yourself to him as well. And finally, we say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Amen. So, we come to the dedication. Lisa, Jake, do you want to come up with Sophie? Good to see you. Just stand out on this microphone. We're not quite there yet, but I promise we'll get there while you're still smiling. Right, let me just say a quick prayer. Actually, before we do that, maybe you could just introduce us to your family, Lisa, because some of us know Lisa. Lisa is the manager of, of the preschool here and has been known to us for some time. But who's this uh, young man and this young lady? <laughs> Do you want to introduce us to your family? Yes, this is my husband, Jake, and my daughter, Sophie, and I've got two boys down there. LG yeah, you're not going to get away with this, guys. You're going to have to come <laughs> up in a minute, but I'll introduce you when we, when we get to that moment. It's wonderful that you can be here and brought so many of your friends and family as well. Let's just pray as we come to God. Loving God, we thank you for the wonder of new life and for the mystery of human love. We thank you for all whose support and skills surround and sustain us. And so we bring before you this morning this wonderful family. May they know this morning that they are known by you, by name, and loved by you from all eternity. May we all know that truth this morning. And Lord God, we thank you for Jesus Christ who has opened up the way of love. We praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So I've got a couple of questions for you. They're very easy questions. The answer is we do, okay? 
Lisa and Jake, do you thank God for the gift of your child and do you accept the joys and duties of parenthood? We do. Do you promise to bring your daughter up with the community of disciples and by God's grace live in a way that will nurture her and bless her, surrounding her with the love of God? We do. What names have you given to your daughter? Sophie Evelyn Sutton. Sophie Evelyn Sutton, right, this is our moment. I know you want the microphone, but <laughs> perhaps you can come to me. She'll take your Oh, one. hello, sweetheart. Oh, you're a little one, aren't you? I'm not going to go far away. I just need to see my notes. Oh, lovely. Look at all these people. They've come just for you. <laughs> Big smiley face. Don't be put off by them, will you? Sophie, we greet you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We bless you into the community of God's people. God's blessing is mercy and kindness and joy, I know. So Sophie, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and always give you peace. This day and forever. Amen. We survived. I'm going to pass you back. And I'm going to ask your brothers to come up to the front as well. Can you come up, guys? This is LJ and Archie. Make sure the microphone can see you. Similarly, just a nice, easy we do, as loud as you can, would be great. Do you, LJ and Archie, brothers to Sophie, promise to love and support your sister in the days, months, and years ahead? We do. Well done. And then Liam, Tony and Tracy are coming up as well. Friends that are particularly close and acting as godparents to this family. Oh, it's going to get crowded, isn't it? I'll just move this forward a little bit. You can come in too. I had a strong temptation to make you promise babysitting, decorating of house and all the rest of it, but it's implied, okay, by the simple answer uh, we do to this question. Do you promise to love and encourage both Sophie and her wonderful family, upholding them in prayer and offering them support in any way you are able? We do. And then the rest of you, would you all stand? This is a slightly longer one, but I'll make it clear when you say your we do. Do you, the members and friends of this church, promise to uphold Lisa and Jake in prayer and practical acts of kindness as they raise Sophie? Do you promise that there will always be a place for children at this church and that you will play your part in caring for all the children we are privileged to come to know, including Sophie, taking great joy in introducing them to the unconditional love of God in the prayerful hope that they will one day know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour? Thank you. You may be seated and all, but um, Lisa and Jake can take their seats as well. If you want to go down to the front, we've just got a... What she found? Oh, you've got the glasses. Well done. This is uh, a Bible. Um, not able to read it yet, but hopefully one day you can keep it safe and this will tell you all about the God who created you and loves you forever. Yeah. It's your moment. Thank you ever so much. Please do take your seat. You're very welcome. One more prayer for the family. Loving God, we thank you for the gift of this child and now pray for her protection and flourishing. Lord, would you grant Sophie help in times of learning so that she may grow in wisdom and understanding. Strength in times of testing 
the ability to overcome difficulties, withstand trials and conquer temptations, staying true to her convictions and emerging stronger out of adversity. Grant guidance in times of uncertainty, discernment as to the right way forward, patience in coming to that decision and a confidence that doors will open, your will ultimately being apparent. And grant her peace and the knowledge that whatever life may hold, you are there in front of her, beside her and behind her, loving and encouraging her every step of the way. Amen. I've done a fair few dedications in my time. I was doing one for some friends of ours. They'd lived abroad and their daughter was two and a half years old. And when they came home, they said, would I do the dedication, which I said I would. And just as I'm coming to that point where you take the child, as, as Jake, you passed the child on, Steve, I, I took this child in my arms, she's about two and a half, she looked at me and said, right into the microphone, Daddy. <laughs> One of those moments. I'm going to ask Hanley to come and join me. Where is she? Oh, there she is. Some of you will have met Hanley. Hanley started work this week as a children and family worker. It's a new post. Hanley, you're going to be seeing quite a few of these folk, aren't you? Because we've got preschool staff here, mums and dads. We've got folk from Bright Sparks here as well as church members. Um, I'm not going to embarrass you too much. Okay. Um, but no, I'm not going like to. Like the first one. <laughs> uh, just one quick question and then I'm going to pray for you. Um, as folk engage with you, they might notice that you're not from Essex originally. So where's home? Just tell us a little bit about home. Um, that's, that's a really interesting one, actually, because when you speak to most people from where I'm originally, they'll say home is South Africa. But for me and Vota, home is here. Yep. So we've been living in England for nearly 19 years, about a little bit longer than me. Um, we've got two beautiful children, Hayley and Ethan, and we are so pleased to be here. And may I ask everyone to please pray for us, um, for me, so I would know the wisdom of God and to know what the plan is here, and um, for us as a church and a Good. family. And if people want to engage with you, you like drinking tea and coffee, don't you? I do, tea. And you, you like cake, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so gluten-free cake. Gluten-free So if you want to get to know Hanley, gluten-free cake, cup of coffee, it's a great way to get to know. And that you're going to be, be serving perfect. tea and coffee after the service, aren't you, with others. Yes. So if you want to have a word with Hanley and speak to her, do let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you for Hanley. Thank you that she's joining our church staff team and her and her family are joining our church. Give her all the ability to understand and seek what her role is as she engages with each one of us. Help her now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I thought I'd bring this with me this morning. It's not mine, so I can't... It belongs to my wife, so... Um, but I'm going to put it up there just to remind us for a moment or two that this morning we're here to celebrate. We're here to uh, celebrate the birth of a child. We're here to celebrate with Lisa and Jake. And maybe last night, if you stayed up late to watch a certain boxing match you're celebrating this morning, maybe your team won yesterday. Mine did, which is great. Did yours, Steve? Oh, I see, I'm not a football fan. So th there wasn't team football. There was 5-0. Harry Kane score? Oh, he didn't play. There you go. Well, I, I follow a game of a different shape ball, and my team won yesterday, so I'm really happy about that. 
I don't know if you know that uh, different sizes of bottles of champagne have different names. And uh, they're linked with kings, Jewish kings and patriarchs. Nobody knows really why they are called after those kings. If you had, if you see that as one bottle, if you had the contents of 15 bottles, now we're talking serious F1 championship end of season size bottles of champagne, it's called a Nebuchadnezzar. 20 bottles of the equivalent of this, of 70 centilitres bottles, are included in that one large size bottle of champagne. And Lisa, Jake, you've got about four or five of those for later on, no doubt? Yeah, good. Yeah, Jake's definitely saying that. That's, that's great. We're going to hear in a moment or two a story about this guy, Nebuchadnezzar, which some of you may be familiar with and some of you think is something somebody says when they sneeze. But he has a dream. He has a disturbing dream. It's really upsetting. And he doesn't quite know what to do. And so, because in the days of which he lived, uh, it was a common thing that someone had a dream. This is before uh, books were written, many of them, and things like that. Uh, he asks someone to say, look, this is the dream I've had. What does it mean? And so he asks someone who's a trusted advisor. His name's Daniel. Some of you may have heard of him. And says to him, look, I've had this dream. It's really disturbing me. I need you to be honest with me to what this dream means. And Daniel has a choice. He can tell it as it is, the truth, or he can be more economical with that truth. But the crux of the matter here in this story is, what should he do? And he decides to tell it as it is. And Linda's going to come and read some of that story for us now. Thank you. So this is a selection of verses from Daniel chapter 4. Your majesty, you are that tree. You have become great and strong. Your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky and your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth. This is the interpretation. You will be driven away from people and will live with the animals. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Immediately, what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised praised the Most High. I honoured and glorified him who lives forever. At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honour and splendour were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. 
my advisers and nobles sought me out. And I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven, because everything he does is right, in all his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. Now I'm going to ask us all a question and tell a few stories, but I'm aware that there are certain members of the police force here this morning, which is good to see you. I wonder how you know if someone is being honest with you whether you're a police officer or anyone else come to that. Let me put a couple of scenarios to you. You're walking down Lee High Road and you see a £20 note fall out of somebody's pocket and it lands at your feet. What do you do? You're at a major sporting event and accidentally, as you're taking something out of your pocket, your season ticket, which is worth a good few hundred pounds, falls on the ground and you don't realise that until you get home. But somebody else finds it, and that's you. What do you do? I wonder what you'd do. Well, one would hope that you would pick up that £20 note and get up to the person who's dropped it and given it back to them. If you found that season ticket on the floor, hopefully you'd hand it in. And uh, the person whose season ticket it is uh, gets it back. That happened to me. Uh, at a rugby match where I dropped my season ticket out of my pocket. Fortunately, somebody else picked it up, and within three days, four days, it was mailed back to me. What I'm trying to ask is, are you an honest person? And we have to assess that with people all the time, don't we, in our relationships, in our, in our work context. But are we honest when we do our tax returns? Are we honest with our relationships, with our partner, with our children, with our parents? our friends, those who we work with. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to come around with a microphone and ask you directly, although that would be interesting. But I wonder if you're an honest person. Is honesty a part of who you are? Noel Coward once said this, it's discouraging to think how many people are shocked by honesty and how few are by deceit. I remember once going into a butcher's, I think it was, and buying, I can't remember what it was now, maybe a couple of pork chops or something like that, and change was given to me. I walked out the door, and as I looked, and it was in the days when you had change, um, I looked and I thought, hang on a minute, I've got more money here than I started with, because the person gave me the wrong change. And in that moment, you have that opportunity, what do I do? Well, I went back and I said to them what had happened, and they were very happy that I'd done so, particularly when it came to balancing the till, I'm sure, at the end of the day. But let me ask you another question. I wonder if you're a gracious person. Is grace a part of your personality? Do you give unmerited favour to someone else? Do you care for someone, love for someone, even though they don't deserve it? Now that's hard particularly if somebody's wronged you, particularly if you're not in a good relationship with that awkward neighbour who's still got that hoe that you lent them five years ago. Are you a gracious person? Those are the two themes to this overall story. All's well with this king, Nebuchadnezzar, remember the bottle of champagne? 
He's at ease. He's satisfied. He's successful. His kingdom is flourishing. Personally and politically, all things are going well. What could disturb that equanimity? What could disturb that comfort and confidence that he has? That's where we came to the heart of this story. And the heart of the story is this, that God is king of kings, sovereign of all kings, whether they on earth or elsewhere. Both past, present and future. The point of this story is that God rules as the most high, not as a human king, but as the king of kings. That's the hub of this story. I wonder if you're a Star Wars fan. Some of us are old enough to have gone to the first screening of a Star Wars film. I was about 18, if I remember rightly. And if you are, you'll know that in the first film, Princess Leia sends a message. She says, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You are my only hope. And that's what is on the picture there. Here, in this story, the king says to Daniel, help me, Daniel. You and your God are my only hope. Everyone else who advises him has predictably disappeared and found something else to do. But this is where Daniel has to make a choice. He knows what the dream means. He knows the implication for the king and his people. And he has a choice. Do I honestly reflect back to the king what this means? Or do I give him some fabrication of the truth? And I wonder how we would all react in that situation would we sweeten the message for the king or would we give him both barrels but Daniel is honest he makes that choice however he introduces the possibility of grace he says to the king look maybe there's a possibility that if you do what is being told you might have that lengthening sense of tranquility as the king and emperor Nebuchadnezzar's experience away from his throne, living as he has to in a very different place, brings him to a point of contrition and repentance and a recognition that he is not the be-all and end-all and the centre of the universe. There are three people in this story. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, the emperor, Daniel, the follower of God, yet a loyal servant of the king. And there's God, the Almighty. And there's three ways of us to look at this account. We could see it as an abstract, complex and confusing message that has actually no relevance to us today. And Andrew, hurry up, finish talking because I need to go and celebrate and have a cup of tea or something stronger. There's another option. We could see this as an abstract and complex and confusing passage, even if we take it literally or allegorically. And there's a third option. We can see this as an abstract and complex, confusing passage, yet with a simple message that we all need to hear, whether we're people of faith or not. Daniel is honest. He's honest with God. He knows he's in a tough place. Instead of relying on his wealth, and he had much, his position, which was senior, 
his intellect, which was great, his guile. Sounds a bit like a second-hand car salesman, doesn't he? He could rely on all those things. Except he doesn't. He's honest with God that he needs God's help. Secondly, he's honest with others. King has worked with Daniel for a long time. He knows him to be a man of honesty and integrity, a man who was close to his God. Yet this was a real should I moment for Daniel. But equally as important, he was honest with himself. He realised the enormity of his task, the message and the consequences of his actions. He remained true and honest to himself. He knew he was a person of faith, honesty and integrity and he needed to continue to be so. He didn't shrink from the task. He deals with the enormity of this charged situation with tact and wisdom. It's a defining moment in his life. I rather like Winnie the Pooh. I don't know if you read Pooh stories to your kids, those of you that have children here. Promise me you'll always remember you're braver than you believe and stronger than you seem and smarter than you think, says Christopher Robin to Winnie the Pooh. I wonder if that's how we think of ourselves this morning. Looking back on life, a life that we all have, some shorter than others. We've all had those should have, could have, wish I had sort of moments. And you may be able to think of those right now. You may be facing one of those should I situations right at this moment in time. And if you're not, you certainly will in the future, just like all of us. But my question is, what will define us when we have to make those decisions? What will define our responses? And what resources will we draw? Martin Luther King once said this, the ultimate measure of a person is not where they stand in moments of comfort and confidence, but where they stand in times of challenge and controversy. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. When the going gets tough, the tough gets ready. I've got something to tell you. I've got something to say. I'm going to pull this dream in, put this dream in motion. Never going to let it get in my way, says Billy Ocean, a song where many of us are familiar with. Now, no one can look back and make a brand new start. Anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. I wonder if that resonates for you this morning. That's what being a Christian, a follower of Jesus, is all about. And as we go through life with its joys and its challenges, those things that really upset us, but things that give us joy as well. But those ordinary everyday things of life, what resources do we call upon? The king in this story was offered grace. What would it be like if you and I were offered grace? Outrageous blessing given freely to someone who doesn't deserve it. It sounds quite scandalous when you think about it. It's too good to be true. It's what people say, no, that could never happen. In the Bible, it says that's exactly what can happen. That's what happened to the king in this story. 
Grace is when God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shock people by giving them something so outrageous, something that they don't deserve. It sounds irrational, and it is. And when it hits them, it's going to impact their lives, and it will change them forever. We all know what we ultimately deserve, even though we think we don't. We do. Yet when we get something more wonderful than we could ever earn in a thousand lifetimes, that's grace. In our everyday lives, all day long, without realising it probably, we're making decisions, we're assessing situations and trying to think, how are we going to engage with this? Are we going to have offer mercy? Are we going to offer grace? Do we seek justice or are we going to be self-centred? The grace that God wants to stun us with and overwhelm us with is with a gift that none of us deserves. It's a gift that makes a luxury home or a multi-million pound yacht look like cheap, cheap toys in a Christmas cracker. In a system where there's grace, dreams and not nightmares define our lives. And whoever we are, whether we have faith or no faith, hear this clearly, God's interested in each one of us and he offers us grace. Will you take it? Will you take that new start? That's what he's saying to us this morning. Let me pray. Lord God, in all things, our daily thoughts, our life, our work, things we read, things we watch, people we engage with, our words and actions, with everyone that we meet, whether in the work context, at home, or in our neighbourhood, down the pub or in a coffee shop. Perhaps you brought to mind to us, Lord, that we need to be honest. People of integrity. People who always are informed to make good choices. And we're asking this morning that you help us to do that. Hear our prayer, we ask. Amen. We're going to come to God in prayer now. One of the verses that really struck me in that reading was this one that says, Daniel is speaking to Nebuchadnezzar, who is a very violent and oppressive leader. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sin by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. We're going to pray for those who experienced deprivation in our world, those who are oppressed in body, mind or spirit. Let's pray. Lord of all, hear our prayer for those who are deprived in our world, those oppressed through body, mind or spirit. We think of those who are deprived materially, people of the developing world and war-torn countries, so many of them living with the daily reality of hunger, denied basic needs that we so often take for granted, disease, hardship and poverty, a simple fact of life. For all in such need, give hope and help. 
We think of those in our own country living at or below the poverty line, those who sleep rough on the streets, those who cannot find work, of all who feel they are denied a stake in society and a future to look forward to. For all in such need, give hope and help. We think of those denied a voice, denied freedom, denied justice, denied opportunity. For all in such need, give hope and help. We think of those deprived emotionally, those who lack love, lack purpose, lack hope, lack joy. For those who may seem to have everything and yet who in fact have nothing. For all in such need, give hope and help. And we think of those deprived spiritually, those who are no longer moved by the wonders of the universe, who no longer catch their breath at sights and sounds in awe and wonder, those who no longer have faith in anything beyond themselves, open their eyes to possibilities beyond their comprehension, Open their eyes to your love and your grace. Or would you meet with all such people, giving them hope and help? Amen. It's just a couple of notices to give before we close our service. We have a collection point here for the local food bank and we collect on Sundays. Mondays and Wednesdays between 10 and 11. If you're able to spare something, please do bring them. We make sure that they get into the hands of those experiencing food poverty in our own uh, town. If you'd like to donate... Oh, yeah, okay, we'll go to that one. Um, Next week, we've got services at 9 o'clock and 10.30. Slightly different for those of you that are regularly here. We have a seven churches service. So seven Baptist churches in the town are all sharing in the same prayers and the same sermon that's being brought by Diane Watts. Uh, from the Baptist Union, the Faith and Society team leader, uh, through, um, uh, through a video. Um, so please, if you're able to come to either of those services, that's what we'll be doing then. If you're able to donate to the ministry and, and mission of the church, then you can do so by texting LRBC to 70970 to donate £5 or to donate £10, 70191 to LRBC. Uh, text LRBC to 70191 can donate any amount online if you're here and you'd like to make a donation to the church there's a basket uh, on the exit as you leave I think that's all the notices we have here so I'm just going to finish with a, a blessing and this blessing then as we go gracious Lord send us out with laughter in our eyes a smile on our lips a song in our heart and merriment in our souls so that we may share that joy that you have given us with all we meet along the way to the glory of your name Amen.